morning, church. We are on time this morning. Y'all are ready. I feel it. You're watching that countdown. We're ready to worship the Lord this morning. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, during our time of prayer and regarding 2024, the Lord gave me these two words. They were trust and surrender. And so this morning, as, um, as I woke up, and you know, you wake up every day. Praise God, we wake up. And I don't know if you're like this, and maybe you're not, but it all just starts every morning. It starts. And I have learned, and I've trained, and I've worked hard to train myself to begin with Jesus. So all those other thoughts that want to come, that want to start, I, I begin with Jesus. Um, but this morning, and a lot of Sunday mornings, it's I come into this building to be here and to host the presence of God and to lead and to speak but it starts with trusting that he's enough for both of us. And so like Pastor Andy this morning was like, hey, how are you feeling this morning? And I think he meant mentally because he knows me well enough to know that that's, that's where you got to start. How are you feeling this morning? I was like, I showed up. I showed up. And so this morning you showed up and that's enough for him. You're always enough for him. So this morning as we enter into worship, um, let's come and let's let all those other things that try to come between us, um, between us and the Lord, let's let them fall away. Things that are important, they're big things. The things we struggle with, they're not little. It's the stuff of life. But as we stand and as we enter into worship, let's let them fall to the wayside and um, surrender ourselves fully to the Lord this morning in worship. Amen. Stand with me, church. I'm going to do a call to worship out of Psalm 29. I'm going to read the first couple verses, and then we're going to go down to the end of the chapter. But it says this, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory do His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth, strips the forest bare, and in his temple, everyone says glory. Come on, church. Everyone says glory. Glory, glory, glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. So Lord, we just lift up Your name. We say glory, Lord. Glory, 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 glory to You. All honor, all praise to You, Lord. Lord, we worship You. We invite You here today. We invite You into this space, into our hearts And Lord, speak to us today. Minister to us today as only you can. We worship you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.
as we were worshiping, I felt like the Holy Spirit just kept whispering to me, exalt the name of Jesus, exalt the name of Jesus. And I asked, like, what does this look like? And he gave me a vision of a person laying in the mud and dirty and in the muck. And the Lord reached down and pulled them up. And that's what happens when we exalt the name of Jesus. The trials and the tribulations and the burdens of this world, when we take his hand and we exalt and we praise him, he pulls us out and it all falls away. should come as no surprise by now that as I was worshiping I was the one I was the one in the mud were you the one in the mud have you ever been low oh church is a hundred percent Jesus my testimony and your testimony it's a hundred percent Jesus It's nothing I ever did. It's definitely not saying the right thing or doing the right thing. And he just wouldn't stop coming for me. He just wouldn't stop coming for me. How many times I ran, I would run back to the old way because it felt comfortable. It felt comfortable. I spent so much time trying to make him understand why I am not worthy Will you please, God, just leave me alone? I'm not worthy. I'm not like them. They're good. They say the right things. They read your word. Go be with them and leave me alone. Have you ever been there? I tried so hard to get him to stop, and he just wouldn't stop coming for me. Until finally, (laughs) I stopped fighting I stopped fighting because the alcohol and the drugs and the sex and all the things that made it go away for a minute that were so comfortable, at some point they just don't work anymore. They demand more and more and more, and there just becomes this line where you go, this isn't working, and I don't think that this is who I am either. I don't think this is, I don't think I want to go there. I know how bad I am, and I know how much I stink for me is, I know how much I suck. I know maybe I shouldn't say that, but I just, but I don't think I want to go there. And that's when I began to look at Jesus and say, okay, tell me what to do. And that's just, and then again, we'd go round and round and I'd be so angry because he wouldn't give me the things to do. He would just want me He just wanted me, and I didn't understand that, and it took years. I would go, and I'd start doing the right things, and then it wouldn't work out, and I'd swing back. I mean, I just was swinging all over because I just couldn't understand what it meant to just be loved as I was. Same conversation. Don't you understand? I've decided that that's not the way, but I'm still not like them. I don't know who the them was. It's like this imaginary perfect Christian, you know, my husband. I'm not like Jason. I'm not like Pastor Pam. You know, these people we admire because they're just so, I don't know, 
redeemed. <laughs> I'm redeemed. I was never, have you been there, church? Have you been there? And now when I, sin, when I exalt the name of Jesus, when I exalt the name of Jesus, my knees go weak. They just go weak. Because I know it was all him. I know it was all him and I'm washing my arms are up and at some point I just got to put them down because everything just goes weak. Because it was always 100% Jesus. He never changed. He was always that good and he always wanted me and he wasn't ever going to give up. And it wasn't until I looked at that line, I don't know why the line is on this side of the stage, it just is, it's here. And death is there. Destruction. I couldn't fully commit to the way of death. I couldn't fully commit to the great escape, to go so deep into drugs and so deep into drinking and so deep into those things. I couldn't commit to that. And so I, I saw the line and I said, fine, I give, I surrender. I give in. You want this mess? Then I'll be, then you can have it. But you know what? You do it. And I got, I mean, I'm a, I became a snarky Christian. He wants you. Get real with him. I was like, you do it. You do it. And he did. He did it. And he didn't do it overnight. He didn't do it overnight. And so as I was worshiping, to go with that word, we exalt the name of Jesus. He's calling for us. He wants your heart. He wants you as you are. He will clean you. You don't have to clean you. You have to trust in him. You have to look at his word and say, this is who you are. Everything else be damned. God is true. Let every man be a liar. What my parents said, how I felt in this situation doesn't, isn't true if it's different than him and what he says. And boy, I had atrophied muscles. I had no faith. I didn't understand what that meant, but I began to build those muscles. I began to trust in who he was more than what people said about me, more than what, it, what seemed true, more than my bad behavior. Look at, I haven't been to church in three weeks. Look at, I told you I'm no good. But I began to say, he said he wants me, so I'm just gonna go. I just kept showing up. I just kept showing up. So church, if you've been there, if you haven't been there, you're missing out, honestly. But never want to go back. But he is he who has been forgiven much loves much. And I've been forgiven much. And my word today, as I was worshiping, was tell them. <laughs> I love the Lord so much. I'm gonna tell you, I love the Lord. Tell them to rise up out of the muck and the mire and let all the boot the BS that has been put on them by the church, by their parents, and by the world, by the devil, by sin, death, destruction, and hell. Let it all fall away. I want them, says the Lord. I call you mine, says the Lord. You are my beloved, and I will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It is my love. It is my blood shed that cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Rise up. 
My child, says the Lord, rise up and do not look to the left and do not look to the right, says the Lord. Do not look anywhere else but to me, but to my word. I call you worthy. I call you clean. I call you loved, says the Lord. I desire you says the Lord. And I will never stop. I will never stop pursuing your heart. I will never stop pursuing your heart, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He is worthy of all of our praise, church. He is why we come He's worthy of our worship. This morning, we're going to take communion together. The way we do that is you leave your seats toward the, the, the middle aisle, the center aisle. Nope, this is the center aisle, toward these aisles. And you come in one line down, and you take your communion elements and then circle back to your seats. Hold on to your elements because we're going to take partake of communion together this morning. And when we partake of communion... The blood, the juice represents the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins. The bread represents the body of Jesus broken that we may be healed. We have earned none of this. None of it. Deserve isn't even part of the equation. But if you belong to him, then he belongs to you. So let's, let's, let's get our elements this morning. And let's partake of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We exalt you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just take a minute and reflect on what Pastor Liz was saying. No need to add any words to it. It's exactly what the Lord wants us to hear this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. It's nothing that we could do. It's all you. Your body broken, your blood shed. Thank you, Lord. You desire us. The word says you're jealous for us. We call out your name today. Jesus, 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 we exalt you, Lord. We exalt you. Praise you. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made for me, for us. 
that you would love us so much you would give up your life to experience everything that we experience to go to the cross sinless, perfect to defeat death for us no greater love your word says no greater love Jesus we exalt you and thank you Lord thank you Lord the Bible says I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread when given thanks he broke and he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me let us partake In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Churches, we continue to worship. Let's carry the spirit of receiving his love. And um, I think the song we're singing is Make Room, and it's so appropriate. Because the word that was given this morning is he wants you. Let's make room. Let's push aside and put aside. And it's been, it feels like it's been the theme since we started the service. Let's make room for the spirit of the living God. And let's exalt the name of Jesus. Let's worship. As we close out this time of worship and um, move into, um, uh, we take a small break so that we can do some logistical things and we'll come back together for the word. Um, I feel like I feel like there are some people here who are struggling with uh, reading their Bible and with the relationship they have with God's Word. And um, I love when we sing the song, you know, break down the walls of all my. I'm going to mess up the lyrics, but whatever. Break down the walls of all my religion. Break down, shake up the ground of all my traditions. It may be switched, but I always, when I sing that song, man, I mean it. I want them to come up, come in, and begin to shake up my traditions, meaning the traditional way that I do things, me. And my kids will tell you, how does mom traditionally handle stress? <laughs> how does dad traditionally handle, I don't know, the low pressure light coming on in a car? What is the traditional way that we handle things, good and bad? Um, and I want the Lord to come in and shake those up, um, especially the ones that aren't serving me. But that break down the walls of all my religion. Religion is a striving for salvation. That's what it is. And it doesn't matter the name of the religion. If every, everyone, including Christianity, 
can have that religion, that spirit of religion, which is death. It is death. And it's so, it's so hideous because it comes right up alongside the truth. But it's not the truth. And so what I feel like we need to end with today is that if you are struggling with your relationship with this book, with this word, with the word of God, if it, if it was used to harm you, if it was used as a weapon, if it was used as a punishment, if, if, you, if you just struggle to understand the goodness of God, to just have that relationship, I just felt like I should tell you it's okay. It's okay. You didn't sign up for it. You didn't say, hey, I would like to struggle with all the things. Sign me up. And that helped me a lot. The Lord showed me that. He said, Liz, ease up on yourself. You didn't sign up for depression. Okay? You didn't be like, oh, I'll take some of that. I'd like a double dose, please. You didn't sign up for this. But you are going to partner with me to get out of it. You know? So you didn't sign up to have a struggle with the spirit of religion. You didn't sign up for that kind of abuse and that kind of mess. But if you're in it, know that he's with you and you are safe. And if you are reading your Bible every day because you should, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. There's so many good reasons to trust this word and to get into this word. The biggest, that, the biggest for me is I just want to know him. I want to know him and I want to know the truth because I don't like being deceived. I don't like living according to an, um, like a conclusion that I've made and then I come to find out that that was wrong. I don't like that. I don't want that. So my prayer today as we close is that he would open your eyes, that he would open our eyes, um, that we can see the truth of who he is. And there's so much freedom in him. And it's a measure that I have now. Did that thought, did that, thought that just came to me about whatever, did it, did it bring me under condemnation? Did it push me deeper into, I suck? Did it push me in, deeper into, see, nothing ever works out. You're not good enough. You're not like all those familiar lies on, on repeat. Because if that thought pushed me in that direction, then it's not him, it's not good, it's not God and I can throw it in my mental garbage can. I talk to my kids about the mental garbage. That belongs in the mental garbage can. That's garbage. And I've grown over time to where I, I have um, learned that if a thought is 95% truth and 5% garbage, that the entire thing is garbage. Because the enemy can use the words of this book as well as anybody. He knows every word. So, read this word because you want to know him. He's worth knowing. I go to the book of John and I park there over and over and over and over. And when I can't sleep in the middle of the night, I put it on audio and I fall asleep listening to the story of Jesus, listening to the words of Jesus. To know him, to have open eyes. Um, and the other reason... I think is a great reason, is because I hate the devil. I hate the devil. And this is how we defeat him. This is how we defeat him. So church, be free this morning. Be free this morning. 
Treasure these things up in your heart and go after God and ask him, free me, God, from a spirit of religion. Show me where my eyes are blind and give me sight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's just close this time in prayer. Father, we come before you right now. We break the spirit of religion in the name of Jesus. We tell it to go from this place, go from our lives, go from our routines. Spirit of religion, go in the name of Jesus. We take authority over you that has been given to us by God, and we tell you to go and flee. And we break that spirit. We break that spirit now in Jesus' name. Those who are here, those who Pastor Liz was talking to, we break the spirit of religion now in Jesus' name. That freedom will come, freedom will flow, and that they will know you better. We thank you for it. Only you can do it, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we should all be light and free now as we greet one another in Jesus' name. Ha-ha, as we have fellowship time, um, we're going to do some things. If this is your first time, we welcome you. We love to worship with you. On the back of the seats is a connection card. You can put your email on that card, and we will send you a welcome email and connect you with lots of information about our church. Uh, if you have a prayer request, a praise report, it goes on that connection card. And then those cards will go in the offering buckets, which will be up here during our eight-minute break. You may bring your tithes and your offerings up um, and place them in those buckets. And also, this is a time to release the kids. Uh, nursery is open ages zero to three. Littles ministry is ages four, five, and six. And anyone over that, you can head to Kid Corner, and we have um, some resources over there to help make the sermon time more enjoyable. Um, uh, and that's it. Yeah? All right, let's take a break, and then we'll come back together. All right, church friends. Let's find our seats. I usually have something funny to talk about while I wait for people to find their seats today. I don't. But I will tell you this. Let's go, Donahue. <laughs> it's the only one I feel comfortable calling out. <laughs> um, so a couple of announcements. But before I do that, I will say this. So while I was ministering this morning, I... Um, I said the word suck, which my kids aren't allowed to say. I may have said the word crap, which my kids are also not allowed to say. Um, so if you're a parent, and later on today or at some point, your kid says one of those words, and they say, well, Pastor Liz said it, your response is, Pastor Liz ain't Jesus, and we don't say that here, okay? Because um, we have to remember that Jesus is our example, not any pastor, not any person, and um, yeah, I don't always use that language. Honestly, that may be one of the first times. But I think as a parent, I wanted to equip you and tell you that you say so and that Jesus is our example. So there you go. Um, this is not on the announcement uh, list. At least I don't think so. I didn't even look at the list yet. No. This is a Bible reading plan for families. They are located back at Kid Corner if you are interested in picking one up. It is, um, it's doable. Uh, Jenny sent it to me and said, hey, what do you think of this? Um, and I, I liked that it was really doable. Like the reading for the week is small. The discussion is, is relatable. And I really liked the questions. There's one question per week. So it's totally doable. Um, I don't like those kind of things that become a chore 
because then you're doing it because you should do it. So if you want to look at it and say, yeah, I don't have space for this, then do that, okay? If you do half of it, great. Um, so that's there. It's just a resource for you to look at for families. All right, actual announcements. Uh, the Luciano group is meeting tonight at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. Um, it's a great time. People of all ages are welcome. So come. It's a teaching group, um, and they have a great time, and Paul's an amazing teacher. So that's tonight at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. Women to Women group is meeting this Wednesday at Maureen's house. There's Maureen and Joanna. Um, they meet the second and fourth Wednesdays at Joanna's or at Maureen's house. If you need that address, just uh, see us afterwards, or you can email ecf at ecfchurch.org um, for the address. Um, and that's for women. If you're a man and you show up, you will be turned away. There you go. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They may. I don't know. If they will, but they they should and they will. Okay. <laughs> Uh, young adult group, I talked about this the last time I was up here, you know, ages 18 to 28. If you are 36 years old, please don't do it. I talked about how my daughter's 21 and she was in a young adult group and a man was, te uh, was texting her and she thought he was 24. He was 36. So 18 to 28 year olds, you are welcome to the young adult life group, second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m. That's led by um, Sydney and that must be this Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. And that's up at the Rose Center, which is right up in that direction. This is the last week to sign up for child dedication. Child dedication is a week from today. So this is the last day. If you don't do it today, yeah, <laughs> don't call me tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm working on all the things. So after tomorrow, can't do all the things. So um, sign up. Um, I'm not sure if we asked for a picture to be emailed. Yeah. Um, we usually do a picture. So if you are signed up and you want to email a picture of your child, one or two options, um, to ecf at ecfchurch.org, that would be great. That would be a cool thing. If we don't get them all, we probably won't do the picture thing part of it, but child dedication is next week. Um, and child dedication, just a, a, a small thing, it's about you dedicating your child to, into the Lord's care, but it's also about the church making a vow to support you as you raise your child. So it's, oh, I'm buzzing. Okay, last one, worship night at New Beginnings. It was canceled on Friday, and it has been rescheduled for this Friday, January 26th at 7 p.m. at New Beginnings Church. Uh, some of our team will be helping out on stage and some of their team. So it's going to be a good time. I encourage you to come. All right. Going to continue to worship the Lord with our giving. Um, we have a scripture I would like to read uh, to Proverbs three. We looked at Proverbs three a little bit uh, last week. But I want to read uh, verses one and two, and then uh, we just want to pray over our offering, what the Lord has for us uh, this, uh, this this morning here. Proverbs three, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands, for the length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. And I just felt like, you know, we talk about uh, trusting in him and trusting his run. This has been what the whole service we've been talking about is we can't do any of this on our own. We have to trust in him. So let our heart trust in him and what he has for us. He has goodness for us. It's what he wants for us. We just want to trust in him. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Father, for every gift, every giver this morning, Lord. We just pray a blessing 
over these finances, the church finances, our, all of our personal finances, Father God, that you would bless them, Father God, extend them beyond uh, what is humanly capable, Father, as you do the multiplication. So, Father, we give our first fruits to you, and you make the whole batch holy. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. And bless this message today uh, that you would just, that we would see you more clearly and understand you better. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm going to talk, uh, this is the last week uh, we're going to talk about prayer. We've been doing the, the Sermon on the Mount series and we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount verse by verse by verse, and this is going to be the, uh, the last week we do on prayer, and then we're going to move on uh, next week uh, just to you know, keep going down the scriptures here. And our goal was to end by Easter uh, with this series, and then we'll start something uh, fresh for Easter. But I want to open with a testimony of God's goodness and his faithfulness to our family, really. Uh, I could cry just thinking about it. So yesterday, how many of you know the weather was a little uh, touchy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the right word is. It was, it was slippery, it was cold, and it was snowing. And I had to go out to Gerard. Uh, it was just me in the car. I had to go out to Gerard to pick up Ruby. Uh, she was at a friend's house, and they were doing something in Gerard. And so I picked her up, and I'm driving back home. And I had to go to Wegmans, and I had to go to Lowe's before I got home. So I'm on 26th Street. And, you know, 26th Street's usually plowed pretty good and salted and all those things. And I come to the stoplight of 26th and Millfair. Everybody put that in your head. The 26th and Millfair intersection, right? There's a, uh, I almost said a laundromat. There's a car wash over there. There's like an abandoned lot over there. There's something else that seems abandoned over there. Okay, and then there's Widget Financial, okay? So there's a lot of abandonment, and then there's a, then there's a bank, okay? Uh, so I am on 26th Street, and I'm headed into town, and I'm just sitting there at the light. I don't know about you, but when, when I drive and it's snowy out, usually I keep a, like, a lookout in my rearview mirror. Like, I wonder if someone is coming a little too fast or if they're unable to stop, you know, like to give yourself a little chance to maybe maneuver out of the way or do something. Well, yesterday I was not doing that because I had picked up Ruby by then, and Ruby was in the back of the car. And we're sitting at the stoplight, it's snowing. Look how pretty the snow is. And I looked back to Ruby, and I started talking to her. She was sort of back to my right. And all of a sudden, I see a car careening up off the side of the road, bouncing off over the curb and up through snow. Just, I mean, I look back and I just saw this car, boom, 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 boom. And then somehow it came in front of me and stopped right in front of me. And I was like, <laughs> what just happened? And I was like, sort of shocked at the moment. I was like, I was like thank you, Lord. And I realized, for someone who was going that fast and it was that slippery, the chances that their tires somehow, right before it rear-ended me at 30 miles an hour, was able to grip just enough to get off the road, to bang through the side of the road, and then end up in front of me, only God. Guys, come on. I mean, anybody drive on ice before? Yeah, only God could do that. And I was so thankful for the rest of the day because, I mean, because Ruby was like, oh my gosh. What would have happened? I was like, yeah, what would have happened is we would have slammed our heads in the back of the, in the car. The back of the car would have been all messed up. It would have totally, I mean, who knows what would have happened. But God. But God. And I know many of you have testimonies like that, and I just wanted to share that today because I just felt so loved yesterday by God. In the midst of the snow and everything that was going on, I just felt loved by God. Amen. Isn't he good? He is so good. 
Well, I'm going to talk about prayer today because it's the last day of the, 20, the first 20, believe it or not, 21 days of the year is today. Can you, anybody believe that? Not me. I feel like we were just here last Sunday. Uh, but today is the 21st day, and I want to end this thing on prayer. And, and I want to talk this morning about how to pray effectively. How to pray effectively. And we have this conversation a lot in our house. Like, you know, like, well, do I just, how do I pray? What am I supposed to do? And let me first open up is there is no religious spirit here. This is not, what I'm going to talk about today is not like, ooh, it's the special formula. If I just get this right, everything is going to work out. Because I have prayed prayers to God and he has worked on things. And I am certain I didn't say all the right words in all the right order. Okay? And what we've been talking about in prayer over the last two weeks is that God hears us when we pray. And even if we don't see it right away, even if we don't feel it right away, when we begin to share our heart with God, this prayer, this communion, this discussion with God, God is on the move. And we looked at scriptures where God moves instantly in the supernatural realm. In the spiritual realm, when we pray, God is moving right away. You may not see, you'd be like, well, I don't feel like anything's happening. Well, join the crowd. Because sometimes we don't feel anything when we begin to pray, say, well, what's happening? We have to trust in his word and trust that what he has written in his word says that God begins to move supernaturally in immediately when we begin praying. We begin casting those cares to him. God begins to move right away. And then we see in the, in the word that God begins to open people's eyes. God begins to shake things up. And before we see an answered prayer, a lot of times in our life, God is looking to get our attention. And we talked about how many times you pray for somebody else, but God really wants to do a work in you. Yeah? I pray for Pastor Liz a lot, but he's always like, I want to do a work in you, meaning me. And so God is always working to do stuff in us because he wants us to be whole. And so I wanted to close this little, this little mini-series on prayer as to how to pray effectively to try to take out the confusion of it all. And I have two scriptures I would open with. James chapter 4. And Pastor Andy and I had been talking, and with Pastor Liz too, we've been seeing, we really just feel this sense of prayer this year. To be a church of prayer. To be a people of prayer. To pray like it matters. Because... It matters. It does. And we talked about it, something like praying like your hair is on fire. How many of you, if your hair was on fire right now, you would start acting fairly quickly? How many? Right? Or your clothes are on fire. You'd be like, oh my gosh, my clothes are on fire. You'd do the stop, drop, roll, whatever you would do. I mean, literally praying like your hair is on fire, like it matters if you do it because church, it does. And I think when we pray and then we don't see an answer to the prayer, we're like, eh, I don't know if God really heard that prayer. I don't know if God really wants to answer that prayer. I don't, and you begin to doubt. We begin to doubt. And I want to dispel some of the doubt, which we've been doing this past couple weeks. I want to give you some, just some simple tools, simple things to think about when we pray to show, just to be able to be revealed and say, you know what, God? I want to pray better. I want to be a person of prayer. And today's going to be more of a teaching moment. So James chapter 4, verse 2 says this. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Okay, yeah. This is like, you know, the flesh. 
This is everything that the flesh is going. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. And I find that interesting that that is written, all the stuff talking about the flesh and how we act and, and what, our, what our really sometimes our flesh gets in the way, yet at the same time, God wants to answer your prayer, even though you're not perfect. <gasps> I thought I had to be perfect before I pray. Where's that in the Bible? You ever read the story of David? Yeah. How about Paul? Moses. They're murderers, adulterers. I mean, killers of Christians. I mean, these are the people that we read about in the Bible that are giving us the word of God, that have been inspired by the word of God. So nowhere you, you, you lust and you murder and you covet, yet you have not because you ask not. God is saying, ask me. Will you ask me? And today, this, this month, this year, church, I want to be a church that asks that presents a request to God and says, you know what, Lord? That seems like a big ask, but I'm going to ask it because I know that you hear my prayer and I trust that you hear my prayer and I want to ask for it. And verse 3 says, and we ask and do not receive because we ask amiss that we may spend it on our own pleasures. So when the spirit of the Lord begins to, just to work on the inside of you and says, I've got something big. I want you to pray for this. Do it. Go for it. We call it the surprise me prayer. Lord, surprise me in 2024. Surprise me in 2024. Prayers work, church. And then James chapter 5, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. We talked about that. That's a whole other teaching. And then it says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are righteous. You are not perfect. But this is talking about fervent prayer. Seeking, digging in, asking God, going for the big ask, digging and saying, Lord, I don't know what's going on here. Lord, will you lead me? Will you help me? Will you guide me? Calling out in the mud. That's as much of a prayer as anything else. In the mud, as El's word was and that Pastor Liz confirmed, just calling out to the name of Jesus. That's the shortest prayer you can pray. One word, Jesus. And sometimes that's all you got. How about it? That's all you got, Jesus. Just that word, just that name. But the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I would like my prayers to avail much. I would like to see God moving and working on behalf of my family on things. But the Lord is saying, we have not because we ask not. So church, today, this week, this month, I want us to begin asking God. Begin praying. And verse 17 says, Elijah, this is who this was talking about, was a man with a nature like ours. Can you believe that? The great prophet Isaiah, I mean Elijah, says what? Just like us. Just like me. Just like you. His nature was like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Now hold on for a second. You talk about a big prayer. You talk about a big ask. He is asking the skies to not rain, and they didn't rain for three and a half years. That's a pretty effective prayer. That's a big-time prayer. And then he prayed again, 
And the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. So how do we do this? How do we pray effectively? I've got six things I'm going to share with you. This is more of a teaching. I know normally I do preaching, but this is more of a teaching. You don't have to do all six. Pick one. Just grab one. Leave here today with just one of these six things to say, hey, if you want to do all six, great. But I'm going to just latch on to this one thing, and I'm going to take a hold of it, and I want to do this more effectively in my prayer life. First one, how do we do it? Pave the way with forgiveness. This is a, a scriptural sort of a mandate that when we pray, in order to open up the floodgates of heaven, we have to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, we need to begin to forgive those who have hurt us, those who have come and done things to us. And it's, it, you don't have to forget it. It doesn't mean you do have to act like it never happened. It doesn't mean that it didn't affect you. But what the Bible states here, and let me just read this passage in Mark 11, verse 25. It says, and whenever you stand praying, if you're praying, anybody praying? If, if you're praying... And you have anything against anyone. Oh my gosh. A-A-A. Sign me up. Anything against anyone? Like, are you serious? Like, and okay, so what this is saying is you don't have to sit there and be like, okay, Lord, for 45 minutes and try to deeply find the one thing that someone did to you a long time ago that maybe you didn't forgive them. Look, with all of these, the Holy Spirit is your guide and your helper. And so when you come to him, before I pray, say, Lord, is there anyone that I'm holding something against that I need, to, I need to forgive right now? And see what he says. Pause for a second. If, if God gives you someone, bring someone into your spirit. Say, okay, I'm going to forgive that person. And you walk through that process. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be drawn out. But what it says is that whenever you stand, against, stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So this is just a way to open prayer to say, Lord, I'm here before you. Before I even begin to pray, Lord, is there anything that I need to do to pave the way with forgiveness? Number two, we pray from our heart. We pray from our heart. And what I want to encourage you here is... Look, it's great to read a prayer. Somebody gave you a prayer. You have a prayer written in your Bible. It's great to pray scripture. It's, pray to, it's, you know, it's great to do all of these things. But what God really wants, what God really wants is to hear from your heart. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows what's going on. You know, Pastor Liz was talking about some words she used today. You do not have to be afraid to get real with God. I'm going to say it again. Church, you do not have to be afraid to get real with God. He knows where you're at. He knows he just wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to commune with you. If we want to have it out with him, yes, we should have reverence. Yes, we should. We fear the Lord and we have reverence of God and all of that. But he also is a personal God and he wants a relationship with us. And sometimes when you're upset or frustrated, it's okay to talk to God about it. We pray from our hearts, not in vain repetition, not worrying about trying to get it perfect. He already knows what we're thinking. 
We pray from our heart. And here's one indicator that I've used, I know Pastor Liz has used quite a bit. When God stirs your heart with compassion for something, it's time to pray for it. You know, you think like, oh, I feel, I feel like I should be praying for Israel. Oh, I feel like I should be praying for the pastors of our church. I feel like I should. If you start saying, I feel like I, I feel like I should, I should, I should, I should, I should, that's not the Lord speaking to you. That's condemnation. But when the Lord, you're just driving down the street and the Lord puts me on your heart. Pray for me then. You don't know what I'm going through. I've read testimonies in Smith Wigglesworth testimonies that he has seen things that people were praying for him years in advance and they find out later because there's no tech, they didn't post it on TikTok or Instagram saying, hey, guess what? God just miraculously healed me from this terrible malaria. But they come around and they realize and they go to their prayer journal and say, you were on my heart two and a half years ago on such and such a date. And that person goes, on such and such a date, I was dying and the Lord saved me and healed me. And it's because we, God calls us to move on his behalf. We are, this is a partnership with him. This is a partnership we have with him. I don't have this scripture up here, but I want to just make, make mention of this here because we are co-laborers with God. There's a story in Exodus where the people of Israel, God is not pleased with them. They're doing all these things. And Moses their leader pleads in prayer for their life. And the verse, uh, this Exodus 32, verse 14 says, and so the Lord relented from the harm in which he said he would do to his people. There was a path that God was on and Moses' prayers interrupted that and said, hey, this was the pathway of sin. This was the pathway of destruction of the world. And because Moses, because you prayed, on this day, because you shared your heart and said, Lord, please don't do this, God's path changed. Oh my gosh. So when the Lord puts someone on your heart to pray for, I would highly encourage you, that is what he wants you to be praying for right then. I'd encourage you in your, more, in your prayer time, whenever it is, if it's in the car, in the shower, wherever you, you, know, you try to get away from children or whatever's going on in your life, to pray, ask the Lord, Lord, what is it? What, is, what, what, what do you want me to pray for today? And sometimes it's just, it's all about you. It's something that you have, and that's okay. You bring that to him. The third one, Jake, I'm skipping that verse for now. It's okay. The third one is pray often and with thanksgiving. You say, well, do I, do I have to just get on my knees all the time? No, I'm just talking about prayers all throughout the day. I was praising and thanking God when the car almost slammed into me and God supernaturally took care of that and moved the car around. I was praising and I was thanking God. I was like, Lord, thank you. And prayer is just communication with God. Again, it's not a specific formula, but it's just saying, Lord, I just want to be in your presence and I want to pray often and I do it with thanksgiving. How many love, a, how many love thanksgiving food? Mm-hmm. I call this a thanksgiving sandwich. You know what a sandwich is? Right, you got two, you know, it's very good. Turkey sandwiches, all the stuff. So a Thanksgiving sandwich is you thank the Lord, you pray, and then you thank him again. You thank the Lord, and you pray, and then you thank him again. While I was on 26th Street, I was like, dear Lord, thank you. 
And I was just like, Lord, I love you so much. Thank you for your supernatural blessing and protection around my family. Thank you, Lord, for the angels that surround us everywhere we go. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us the authority that we can use in Jesus' name. And I said, Lord, I just thank you. Light turns green, and we go. Thankfulness sandwich. Thank him, pray, and then thank him. Because what the thankfulness does is it reminds us of who God is and what he's done for us. It reminds us. Sometimes we have to be I know I have to be reminded. I have to be reminded of what God has done for us. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this. It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. So rejoice, give thanks, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. His will is for us to praise him, to thank him, to worship him. To pray and then to do it again. Sounds like what I want to do. Yeah, sounds like a thankfulness sandwich to me. Number four, this one is difficult for some of us, including myself. Does it say quiet? It's supposed to say quiet. I think I did a typo. Present, it's quiet, it's not quite. Quite. Present, yeah, present your request and be quite quiet. Quite quiet. You can put that in your notes. Double Q, quite quiet. And this, if you're like me, like you're, it's like you're on the go and you're moving. You're like, dear Lord, I really need help with this meeting. Thank you, Jesus. And you just you go blasting right in the meeting. Now, does the Lord answer those prayers? Yes. The Lord is always with us and, he's, and he understands your prayers. But sometimes when we pray like, Lord, I just need direction. I need your direction. I need your help. I need your guidance. And then you don't take a second to stop and listen for his voice to speak back to you. Thank you, Jake. Edit it on the fly. Right? It's just like, we do, I do this all the time. It's like, we're so busy. We live in this life. We are just talking to Pastor Andy about it. We get so busy in our lives that we don't ever take a moment to listen. Prayer is a conversation with God. If you've ever been in a conversation, which you all have, is the conversation is a back and forth. It's a like, well, you know, I'm feeling this way and this and that. And then you stop and listen. And God speaks to us, guys. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. We can, we really, I mean, audibly, I've actually one time I have heard his voice audibly. But usually it's just the still small, like in our, it's almost like a, a knowing in our spirit. A knowing in our spirit. So I would encourage you, if you've got a big decision to make, if you've got something that the Lord is just saying, you didn't decide to go left or right to take the job, not take the job, whatever it might be, is to present your request and then be quiet. Look at Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. There it is with thanksgiving again. Let your requests be made known to God, and then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. How else are you going to get peace unless you're still for a moment? The Bible says about God, says to be still and know me. Be still and know me. Present your requests, then be quiet. Number five, pray in faith. Pray in faith. Maybe this is a bold thing to say. But if you don't think God's going to do something, don't pray it. 
If, if you don't believe that God is going to really do something, I would suggest that you're praying with doubt. And you need to get before the Lord. You need to get into the word of God. You need to say, Lord, show me, reveal to me, build my, begin to build your faith up and then present that request to the Lord. Because the Bible talks over and over about, well, yeah, we have not because we ask not, but we have not because we believe not as well. We have not because we believe not. And so we say these big prayers, but you have to get in the word of God, listen to the past previous messages to know and understand that God is who he says he is. He'll do what he says he will do. And then we begin to build our faith. And then we say the big prayer of faith. We say, Lord, yes, I believe you can do this. Look at these verses here. Mark 11, verse 22. A lot of you know this. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, verbalize your prayers, please. Sometimes you can't. You're in the middle of a meeting. But I also suggest that you verbalize your prayers. Speak them out loud. Use the power of your words verbally. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt. Where? In his heart. Doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Seems pretty clear to me. Seems pretty clear to me. And I would encourage you to pray the prayers where your faith is at. God will meet you right where you are. God will meet you right where you are. What do you have faith for today? What is it that you have faith for today? Begin to start with those prayers and watch God answer those prayers. And when he answers those prayers, your faith gets built up for the next prayer and the next prayer and the next prayer. We have to pray in faith. We have to believe that he is who he says he is. He'll do what he says he will do. And I would encourage you, church, to thank him. Remember, they're all talking about thankfulness and rejoicing and thanking him even before you see the answer. I know sometimes that feels off, or it feels just like, well, I don't, that hasn't happened yet. Well, if you believe that what you prayed is going to happen, and you believe that God is he says he is, and he's going to do that thing that you prayed about, that you asked for, that's aligned with his will, according to his will, that the Holy Spirit spoke to you and encouraged you to pray for, then begin thanking him for it. Because what did we say last week? It's already done in the spiritual realm. It's already happened in the spiritual realm. The physical realm has just taken some time to get aligned with the spiritual realm. So begin to thank him for it. Lord, I don't see that yet, but I thank you, Lord, that you are working, you are moving, and it is going to happen in Jesus' name. I've prayed for my children who weren't feeling well many times, and instantaneously they didn't get better. And I didn't stand there and say, oh, oh my gosh. I must not have enough faith, maybe, to see them healed? Is there something else going on? Is it just because we live in this world and they have a little bit of a sniffle? Maybe they just have a little bit of a sniffle. But when I pray and I pray in faith, say, Lord, I believe that you will heal them, and I lay hands on them and pray for them, I then begin to rejoice and say, thank you, Lord, that they're healed. I even tell them, say, I'm healed. We have to begin to vocalize and verbalize what it is that we're believing in and it begins to even build our own faith when we begin to hear it. We have to see where we are doubting and where we have to build up our faith. Number six. Am I on number six? 
You guys tracking okay? Six points. I mean, this is like a double sermon. Because this normal sermon has three, so I'm giving you six. I'm doing it in good time, too. You're welcome. Okay. Prayer in Jesus' name. Pray in Jesus' name. And I put this last, and I had no idea. I did not have any idea of what was going to happen today, what L's word was going to be, how we were talking about Jesus pulling us out of the muck. I didn't realize any of that stuff we were going to talk about because I didn't know what the Holy Spirit knew. And this was not point number six. In fact, I had point six, seven, and eight. I dropped two of them and added this one because I believe that the Lord wants us to hear this today. Again, if you take anything away, take even just one of these away. But this says this, says pray in Jesus' name. John 14, verse 12. Grace, you want to come back up here, please? John 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will also do, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. We have to recognize where Jesus is. The Bible clearly states that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And when he went to heaven, he sent down his Holy Spirit to guide us, to give wisdom, to speak truth. But Jesus is not on this earth. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And when we pray, the Bible says that Jesus is our intercessor on our behalf to the Father. So when we pray, Jesus is encouraging us here to use his name. We pray in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who paved the way. Jesus is the one who gave his life. Jesus is the one who went to the cross. Jesus is the one who was beaten and broken for you and for me. Jesus is the one that when he rose from the grave, that the temple tore from top to bottom, releasing the Spirit of God for you and I to have a personal relationship with God. It's because of Jesus. And if you take nothing else away from this today, take this away, is that Jesus loves you. And that when you pray, he's not looking for the perfect scenario, the perfect words. He's looking for your heart, and he wants you to be praying in the name of Jesus. Because it's at that name every knee shall bow. It's at that name that we take communion. It's at that name that you and I, who have a relationship with him, will spend for eternity with him in heaven. It's at that name that when you're stuck in the mud and you don't know what else to do, you don't know where else to turn, you can't seem to read your Bible right now, but when you call out the name of Jesus, he hears your prayer. He hears your prayer. Verse 13 says, Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Let's bow your heads this morning. Church, I want, to be, I want to be a people of prayer. I want to be a church of prayer. I want, to be a, I want to be called a house of prayer. 
I want each of our families to be families of prayer. Jesus, we just call out your name today. Lord, some of us here, we don't know what to say next or what to do next, but we just say the name Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No other name, no greater name. As we call out your name, Jesus, we're drawing on the power of your name. If you're here this morning and you feel distant from God, you feel far from God, I would encourage you right now, even right now, just to say the name of Jesus. Jesus. You don't know the words to say. You don't know. You don't have to today. All you have to know is that Jesus loves you. He came for you. He died for you. And he will not relent coming after you. And he's here today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, I just pray for each and every one of us today. (sighs) We would be people of prayer. People moved with compassion. Lord, that we would build our faith up. We would ask the big prayers. But Lord, most of all, that we would just call on your name. Every day, Lord, let us wake up this week and just say, Jesus. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, thank you. May it be our heart's cry this week, this month, this year. More of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that as we call out that name and we believe you are who you say you are, you did what you said that you did, Lord. That you immediately begin to move on our behalf. We thank you for that. Lord, thank you that you're moving even now. Those who have called out your name this morning, those who have called out the name of Jesus this morning, Lord, that you are already working in them, around them, through them, those who are associated with them, Lord, you are moving and working. You are waking people up. You are shaking those that need to be shook. You are opening eyes of those who need their eyes open today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Thank you that you move on our hearts. Lord, we thank you that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. 
And Lord, let us not ever stop praying if we don't see an answered prayer, Lord, but we continue to press into you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We give you all the honor and all the praise and all the glory, Lord. Thank you. Jesus, Jesus, thank you. So, Father, as we close today, we thank you. Give you praise today. Thank you for your presence in this service today. Thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers, that you want a relationship with us, that you care about us. We thank you for it in your precious name. We pray, amen, amen. We've got some prayer teams that are gonna be up front here, uh, both sides of the altar up here. Um, as I read this benediction, uh, they're gonna come up here. If you need prayer for anything, maybe you just... Maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Maybe you just have walked away from him and you say, Lord, I just, I want someone to pray with. I want to just have someone pray with me. They're here for you. If you need healing in your body, whatever it is, no matter the issue, they will pray with you. I encourage you to come up. Don't rush out and just get some prayer today. I'm going to read a benediction over us as we go today. Out of number six, I'm actually going to read the Amplified. A little extra today for the end of the fast. For those who've been fasting for 21 days, there's a little extra blessing from the Amplified version, okay? The Lord bless you and keep you, which means to protect you, sustain you, and guard you. Lord, make his face shine upon you with favor. And be gracious to you, surrounding you with loving kindness. The Lord lift his countenance, his face upon you with divine approval. With divine approval. Because of you, not because of what you've done. And give you peace, a tranquil heart and life. May God bless each and every one of you. Amen and amen. We'll see you tonight if you're coming to Brother, Brother Paul's group. Otherwise, we'll see you guys soon. Be blessed.